Hello and welcome to this week's Three Shifts edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's February 26th, 2021. I'm Eric Thompson, and here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, LinkedIn's marketplaces for freelancers, coming this fall. Two, Walmart and Amazon team up with SaaS e-commerce platforms. And three, India expands its incentive scheme to attract IT hardware manufacturers. Shift one, LinkedIn's marketplaces for freelancers, coming this fall. The information recently reported that Microsoft subsidiary LinkedIn has been working on a service called Marketplaces that will allow users to find and book freelancers. Marketplaces could launch as soon as September 2021. The effort has been underway since at least April 2020 when LinkedIn hired the founders and staff of UpCouncil, a marketplace for legal services. UpCouncil's former CEO, Matt Faustman, is now the product lead for Marketplaces. Marketplaces is expected to replace LinkedIn's ProFinder, which is a free service for U.S. clients and service providers with a LinkedIn premium business account, which is $60 per month. ProFinder began life in 2016 as a proposal-based matching service for professional service providers. For example, consultants, writers, designers, and accountants. Over time, ProFinder became more integrated into LinkedIn's core business networking platform, including ways for freelancers to showcase services and profiles and search results, and enabling clients to reach out directly to freelancers. To date, ProFinder has 807,000 service providers, but is still an insignificant part of LinkedIn's business in terms of revenue. Marketplaces will let clients compare rates, book and pay freelancers directly on the LinkedIn platform, as well as post their own proposals. While confirmed details are few, business models reportedly being considered include LinkedIn taking a cut of transactions and paid ads by freelancers. Payments might be taken via a digital wallet that Microsoft has under development, which could also be used elsewhere on LinkedIn, for example, for content subscriptions and contributor tips, as well as potentially other Microsoft properties. The marketplace's offering hopes to tap into a growing gig economy that was boosted by the pandemic. According to a September 2020 report by freelancing platform Upwork, 36% of the U.S. workforce, 59 million Americans, had performed freelance work during the previous 12 months, representing $1.2 trillion in annual earnings, up 22% over the prior year. Upwork and Fiverr, the two leading freelance marketplaces, collectively made $563 million in revenue on $3.2 billion in gross volume in 2020, up 38% from 2019. Within the rather fragmented freelance marketplace space, LinkedIn Marketplaces competes with the more generalist platforms such as Upwork, Fiverr, and Freelancer.com, as well as expert networks like GLG. It may also compete with more specialized platforms, given its grand ambition of scaling UpCouncil's model to 100 vertical marketplaces across industries, including but not limited to legal services. Given 740 million LinkedIn users and 807,000 ProFinder service providers, marketplaces will be a contender to become one of the largest freelancer platforms. With freelance marketplaces, however, bigger is not necessarily better. Size can be a barrier to success, given that a high-quality freelancer network is a key differentiator for marketplaces. Networks such as TopTel, CrewScale, Expertify, Braintrust, Pero, and Communo, for instance, have pinned their respective value propositions to an intensive vetting process that can ensure quality. Fiverr and Upwork also have premium services, 
Fiverr Pro, and expert vetted talent that incorporate manual screening. How LinkedIn marketplaces will vet talent is still an open question. While clients will be able to post reviews that may not be sufficient to ensure quality, Microsoft and LinkedIn will likely seek to apply AI to the screening and recommendation processes, though the heterogeneity of user profiles could prove to be a barrier. Without a differentiated approach to screening and recommendation, it's unclear what value marketplaces would offer beyond existing platforms. LinkedIn has long been viewed as underplaying its hand. It has incredible and distinctive assets, with few real competitors, and arguably none, in its core professional network business. It saw $8.8 billion in revenue in calendar year 2020, which might seem decent until put up against Microsoft's $153 billion in the same period. Also, only about one-third of LinkedIn's revenue came from advertising, a pittance compared to Facebook's $84 billion, or Google's $147 billion, or even Amazon's $21 billion. Furthermore, while LinkedIn has been one of Microsoft's faster-growing businesses, with 20% revenue growth in FY20, it has not been very profitable. For Microsoft, Marketplaces represents a world of opportunity. With potential tie-ins to its Microsoft 365 productivity suite, Teams collaboration platform, Azure Cloud, GitHub Code Repository, and even its recently launched Viva Employee Experience platform. If marketplaces can tap Microsoft's enterprise know-how to meet the flexible talent needs of large companies and fit into their HR and functional workflows, it could be powerful in the marketplace. The real question is whether LinkedIn can execute on the promise. Our thanks to Janine Leisure, on-demand talent offering lead at Deloitte Pixel, for her comments on this piece. To read more content related to the gig economy, check out our November 6th, 2020, Three Shifts Edition, California's Prop 22 and Prop 24 set a new tone for the gig economy and data privacy. And our January 10th, 2020 brief, Uber and the gig economy are facing headwinds. Shift 2. Walmart and Amazon team up with SaaS e-commerce platforms. Earlier this week, BigCommerce, a Shopify-like SaaS e-commerce platform, announced a partnership with Walmart that would enable big commerce merchants to join Walmart's invite-only third-party seller marketplace. Big Commerce serves over 60,000 online stores in 150 countries. While many are small and mid-sized businesses, its platform also powers well-known larger brands such as Ben & Jerry's, Sony, and Vodafone. Through the partnership, eligible big commerce merchants will receive an expedited review process to sell on Walmart Marketplace and also enjoy $0 commission on their first month's sales. Walmart's partnership with Big Commerce is akin to its June 2020 deal with Shopify, in which it agreed to add 1,200 Shopify merchants to Marketplace. Shopify, the leading SaaS e-commerce platform, had a monster year in 2020, driven by the pandemic. Hundreds of thousands of brands and merchants were forced online, with many using Shopify's tools to sell directly to customers through websites and social platforms. Shopify customers surged from over 1 million at the end of 2019 to over 1.7 million in 2020, driving 86% revenue growth and 96% gross merchandise volume growth last year. Shopify's explosion is emblematic of the broader adoption of SaaS e-commerce platforms that has emerged from the pandemic, which Walmart is hoping to tap into with its recent deals. Amazon, which saw its share of the e-commerce market drop from 44% in 2019 the 31% in 2020 is alarmed. On Black Friday, 
Shopify outperformed Amazon in third-party seller sales, $5.1 billion to Amazon's $4.8 billion. Amazon has lately seen vendors leaving its own marketplace for Shopify, often due to the differences in fees. Amazon typically takes a 30% cut, while Shopify charges 24 to 2.9%, plus 30 cents for payments processing. Amazon felt threatened enough that it created a special task force, Project Santos, dedicated to studying Shopify to see if it could copy aspects of its business. This past week, Amazon confirmed that it acquired small Shopify competitors' sales for an undisclosed amount. The acquisition is especially telling because Amazon had previously decided against providing Shopify-style services. It had shut down its homegrown version called Amazon Web Store in 2016 and transitioned Web Store customers to Amazon's preferred partner at the time, Shopify. The battle to capture third-party sellers and grow services footprint with them is still in the early stages. A November 2020 McKinsey report found that only 60% of consumer goods companies felt, quote, even moderately prepared, end quote, to capture e-commerce growth opportunities. As more brands look for help as they come online, the heat is on among Shopify, Walmart, and Amazon to use whatever levers they can to draw more merchants into their marketplaces and, in turn, attract more consumers. We'll see them get aggressive and go beyond payments integrations and fulfillment services to lower fees, price subsidies to ensure low prices, and perhaps advertising perks. We will see if the challengers can maintain their momentum vis-a-vis Amazon as pandemic lockdowns subside. Walmart saw a robust 69% growth in e-commerce sales in its most recent quarter, but sales are slowing relative to prior quarters, and it is warned of moderating growth in the future. Shopify whose fate is closely tied to the continued health of the small business sector, has already warned that sales in 2021 will likely not reach the heights it saw in 2020. To read more content related to Walmart, Amazon, and e-commerce, check out our March 26, 2020 brief, Grocery Delivery, E-Commerce, and the Renewal of Walmart. And our November 11, 2019 brief, Why Amazon's Recent Challenges Are Rooted in Its Business Model. Shift 3. India expands its incentive scheme to attract IT hardware manufacturers. On Wednesday, India approved five global and ten domestic manufacturers for a $1 billion production-linked incentive scheme, or PLI, to encourage domestic manufacturing and export of IT hardware such as laptops, tablets, PCs, and servers. The scheme offers manufacturers 1-4% of incremental sales of products made in India over the next four years, compared to the base year of 2019 to 2020. The Indian government expects the PLI plan to help India export $33.5 billion in IT goods. India's IT hardware PLI comes as foreign big tech firms are diversifying their supply chains away from China and making new forays into India. Last week, it was reported that Apple is looking to start manufacturing iPads, which have mostly been made in China, in India through one of its three in-country contractors, Foxconn, Wishtron, and Pegatron. Similarly, Amazon announced last week that it was launching its first device manufacturing line in India. Amazon will start out by making hundreds of thousands of Fire TV Stick devices annually for Indian consumers through a Foxconn subsidiary in Chennai. This is the next move in the progression towards a quote-unquote self-reliant India with its own high-tech domestic manufacturing industry that can support its rapidly digitizing population's needs.
In this past week's announcement, the Indian government cited that the country's $4.6 billion-plus consumer market for laptops and tablets was largely met through imports from large global manufacturers. The announcement went on to say that, quote, it is imperative that these companies expand their operations in India, end quote. The IT hardware PLI plan is similar to a $6.6 billion incentive scheme for mobile phone manufacturing that was approved in October 2020. It builds upon the success of that mobile phone PLI in attracting manufacturing from companies such as Samsung and Apple. The latter is reportedly planning to start producing its latest iPhone 12 in India as soon as this quarter. The growth of domestic electronics manufacturing, and mobile phones and accessories in particular, even got a mention in the finance minister's annual budget speech earlier this month. A similar PLI is reportedly in the works to boost Indian manufacturing of wearables such as smartwatches. Firms are beginning to recognize that an overemphasis on short-term financials has left them less prepared for disruptions in their supply chain, from the ongoing pandemic to the recent chip shortages. With global supply chains in the spotlight of late, India is benefiting from the growing wariness of over-reliance on Chinese manufacturers. China-India relations, however, continue to sour, and supply chain dynamics between the bordering nations could be adversely affected as a result. For instance, iPhone production in India has seen delays from India limiting its number of visas for Chinese engineers and also asking Apple to use non-Chinese manufacturers. Electronics manufacturers will have to step lightly to avoid getting caught in the middle of the two countries' growing feud. To read more content related to manufacturing in India and supply chains in China, check out our October 9, 2020 Three Shifts edition, Apple and Samsung Shift Manufacturing to India, encouraged by a $6.6 billion incentive scheme. And our April 4, 2020 brief, Global Supply Chains Diversify Away from China. That's it for this week's Three Shifts edition. If you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on private 5G networks and talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts edition. <laughs>